Welcome to episode 35. It's time to get down with our vegan jive. Yeah, it is. You're listening to Midwest Vegan Radio. We're sharing all our secrets. We're sharing all of our secrets just for you special listeners. With your hosts, Dallas. That sounds so good. And Ryan. Pass the news. Hello, radio friends. <laughs> radio friends. Hello, friends in Radio Land. <laughs> How are all of you? We're good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So what are you up to? Um, let's, yeah? That sounds great. Let's turn this into a different direction. Who are you? I'm Ryan. I'm Dallas. Who's that? Elliot. Oh. <laughs> Elliot! Good. He knows his name. Yay! I got a microphone this time. He's yeah. not so drunk he doesn't know his name. <laughs> not well, yet. hey, since you're mic'd, <laughs> yeah. we're going to make you talk in this episode. Oh, God. Awesome. Damn it! <laughs> okay, so this episode, you probably know what it's about already because you've already read the title. It's not like this big reveal. I've kind of treated it like it's a big reveal. What is it going to be about? But they already know because... Yeah, sort you know, of. It's come up on iTunes or on the w- website, or they read a blurb on Vegan Mainstream or something, you know. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about wool. Yeah. Wool. Yeah. And what's wrong with it? Yeah. Why wool is wrong. Yeah. I really Hull. like W's. Wool. Why whole is wrong? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I guess to me, when I went vegan, wool was one of the things that I had a hard time really wrapping my mind around the cruelty of it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was, I continued to wear wool sweaters, um, after I went vegan for a little while. I mean, there were things I got at the thrift store, but I didn't have that same visceral reaction to wool like I did other things. Um, And I think it's the same idea, you know, the same kind of uh, thought process around wool that people have about dairy or eggs. Well, they don't kill the animals for it. (laughs) Um, And I guess the truth about that is that all the sheep who are used for their wool um, do end up in slaughterhouses eventually. I mean, I can't say that with absolute certainty. I'm sure that there are some somewhere that don't, but the vast, 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 vast majority of them. Well, if they don't, then what happens to them? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like they maybe some, somebody has a hobby farm somewhere whose grandma didn't kill a sheep. You know, it's just, it's right. always dangerous to speak in absolutes. But what I'm saying is for the vast majority of the time, these animals do end up in the slaughterhouse anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, like, the biggest thing for me that I think about that's so hard with, um, wool that, I mean, if you see pictures of it or you hear about it, it just really drives it home. But a lot of people think about wool in terms of like this idyllic sheep are grazing in a green field somewhere and. You know, they're they're just happy and munching, and then eventually this kindly, you know, kindly farmer-shepherd person that's all rustic and full of <laughs> wise and 
you know, wise lines across their face, you know, tenderly shears them. <laughs> All this, that's not what happens. With the little clippers. With the little clippers. And it's just, you know, the sheep are just, oh, oh so, so refreshed. Yes, they're just refreshed and they feel great after their haircut. And that's not true. It's actually really traumatizing for them. Um, wool is meant to regulate. It's a regulator. Um, for it keeps the heat in when it's cold and it keeps the heat or it keeps the heat in when it's cold and it keeps um the sun off their skin the sun off their skin as well you know what's really funny about that and about a lot of the things that we believe to be true about animals in our lives and what we believe about them people feel and often defend that it is a thing that we have to do for them we have to milk them. But sheep are not man-made creations. Sheep exist with or without the intervention of humans. And sheep are not dying of overheating because some nice human didn't come along to shear them. But we are just so brainwashed into utter stupidity. Yeah. Not that we're not all guilty of that, but it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Where do we get these ideas? Yeah. Oh, the poor sheep, if we don't cheer them. If we don't cheer them, what? They will just exist? Uh, they'll heal over and die from heat exhaustion? No, right. that doesn't happen. Right, because that's why they were evolutionarily designed with fur. Or with, with what is it? It's not wool. Fleece. Fleece. Their fur is called fleece? Yeah. But is that a product term, or is that what it actually is? I don't know. I don't know. Their skin, their... No, because, I mean, dogs... Dogs have fur. Right, so we'd call that fur. Yeah. So I think it would be the sheep's fur, sheep's skin. Yeah, I don't don't know. Well, anyway. Um, They don't need us. No, they don't. And um, I think the other thing, too, in that, in terms of that picture of the idyllic, tender shearing, you know, that people imagine that's not true. Again, everything happens in these mass-produced factories, you know, like huge amount, big volume at this point to produce all of the wool that people want. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, one thing is that um, oftentimes sheep are bred to have wrinkly skin now so that they have more surface area mm-hmm. and um, so that they grow more wool. But then when these guys come through with their shears, they don't carefully stretch the skin to make sure that they're, you know, taking their time and not hurting any, you know. So um, their skin actually is like, it It looks bunchy. Right. And then... Like if they didn't have any wool, their skin would be kind of like bunchy and bumpy. Yes. So... So, um, you know, the shearers, when they come through, they're actually paid by the sheep. They're not, you know, so it behooves them Uh. to go through as many as they can quickly, right? And Mm -hmm. so just like the, um, I mean, so they just want to get through it quickly. And so they're not, they don't really care about what the animal's experience is. And oftentimes, I mean, nicks are very common, but even just taking off entire patches of skin with these shearers, um, happen they you know for the females too like going over the udders and yep. you know getting that sensitive area as 
frequently um, cut and gashed. And now, Dallas, please tell me, are these sheep then getting veterinary care for their wounds? Oh, no. Oh. No. Really? Really. Oh. They, that's not, that isn't um, economically viable, Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Because hmm. we have to be practical here. Well, sure. We're <laughs> in the business of making money. Yeah. Because that's all that matters. Yeah. So, I mean, so the udders, um, penises, all that kind of stuff, sometimes they're just torn straight off because... Ah! Yeah. Elliot, how would you like your penis torn off? By a shear, by a something that's cutting your skin off. That would not be pleasant. No? No. no. <laughs> Stay away yeah. from my penis. <laughs> you're lucky you're not a sheep. You heard it here first, kids. Stay away from Elliot's penis. <laughs> now, is that for everybody or just... For shearing purposes. Oh, there are a few exceptions. Oh, okay. Just joking. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it's, it is really traumatic for the poor babies. And um, it's just not good. The other thing that happens almost, I mean, the other thing that happens too is that flies like to lay eggs around the sheep's anus in that area. Um, and so for farmers to prevent that from happening from, you know, larva to, Ugh. you know, cause when they're kept in this place, that's so confined and everything's mm-hmm. dirty and, oh, it's so sad for them, but, um, flies come. And so if the farmers to prevent that from happening and spoiling and making their sheep sick and all of this, um, they literally like strap these animals to, they restrain them, um, have their hooves you know, their legs tied together, expose their rumps, and they cut a portion of their flesh clean off, like mm-hmm. ripping the whole skin so their flesh is just exposed and bloody. Um, and this is done, of course, without any anesthetic. It, the process is called um, mulesing. And um, it's... Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, kids. Yeah, I know. And so then, you know, the, that area scars over. Um, but it, you know, a lot of times... I mean, it's it's supposedly it's done, you know, to prevent a parasitic, you know, like a preventative measure to prevent them from suffering. But obviously, this is a lot of suffering. Right. So um, that's just really, really sad. And they kind of cut that off using things that look like gardening shears. Elliot? Yes? (laughs) How would you feel if I... Cut a piece of skin off around your anus. Would that be okay? That'd be slightly unpleasant. Oh gosh, come on, be real. <laughs> slightly unpleasant. Be real. You'd really like it. That's like sitting through, you know, an uncomfortable family holiday with a, a bizarre uncle or something. That's slightly unpleasant. This is <laughs> this is beyond that. Yeah, it would suck. Yeah. So, um, and of course, you know. Then they're sent off for slaughter, eventually. And that's just, before they get there, oftentimes they're sent on these long journeys and, you know, trucks or trains or whatever, exposed to the elements, not given food and water. Just like you all know, other Just like all the other animals, animals, too, that go to slaughter. So, um, you know, Australia is the biggest producer of wool. Um, and this is all common pack practice there. Um and again, you know, they're slot. They're just they have their throat slit without any anesthesia or anything, like other land animals. So, um, 
And then um, they are eaten. Is that what happens? Well, yeah. I mean, I I would presume that their their bodies are eaten. Um, rack of lamb. I mean, there's like oh, I, uh, lamb, oh, yeah, chops lamb chops and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I believe that those are actually from lambs. I don't really know if like maybe sheep is a. But in more... all fairness, I mean, it's not one and the same. Like leather doesn't come from oh these cows that just died of old age and they died and so we're going to use their skin as leather and we're going to eat their meat for yeah. sustenance it's not they're not one and the same it's not like there's a conservation effort being made no. to reduce waste it's not no 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 how no how do no. i i'm i'm making my point to you but what am i trying to say it's not like the animals that are having their skin sheared for wool are how do i say this what am i saying they're not meant to be multi-purpose. Right. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I guess mutton. Mutton is sheep. And I don't, I really don't know much about mutton at all. Do you know anything, Elliot? No. I know they're um, chops that you grow on your... Mutton chops? Yeah. Isn't that what they're called when the with the sides of beard down your face? Oh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Where's your mutton chops, Elliot? <laughs> I can't grow them. You can't? No. Hmm. With all that hair that you grow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's just sad. Um, and sheep are so amazing. Mm. They're such amazing animals. Um, Brandon and I sponsor sheep. Those are the animals that we sponsor at Poplar, Poplar Spring Animal Sanctuary in Maryland. Um, he fell in love with a sheep named Lola, who has three legs. She's oh. a black sheep with three legs. He loved her. Um, I can't even imagine how cute that is. Yeah. How cute and just sick that is. So, she is very friendly and sweet. And Um, I don't mean that. I don't mean her as of that. I mean that scenario. Yes. That hobbling around three leggedness. I can't even imagine. Hobbling around three legged black sheep. Yes. I think the whole symbolism really got him. But (laughs) I mean, her her personality, of course, is what really did it. But he just loves her. And, um, you know, she, I believe that she had to have her leg amputated after she was, you know, I don't know, hurt or She was in a motorcycle accident? Like that. No, no. Oh. Something happened where that she was neglected and they had to amputate her leg. Um, and then we went back to visit and um, we wanted to see Lola. But when we were there, there was another guy, which we should put up a picture of him on the blog, I think. Um, a picture of me and the little... Uh, lamb that I fell in love with, who's a full-grown sheep now. But um, when I met him, he was a baby, and his name is Sheldon. And um, Sheldon was found, um, reported, some farmer had just left all these sheep to starve on a farm, and this guy would drive back and forth to work and was seeing these sheep, you know, get weaker and fall over and, you know, were starving. And finally he made a phone call, and by the time people went out there... Sheldon was the only one who was left alive. All the other sheep in his little group were, um, his flock had died. And um, he was a baby, and he Did they find out what? Just, you know, a lot. sometimes, you know, with people um, hit financial hard times, and they just stop feeding the animals that they're Doesn't that happen for. sort of recently with a bunch of pigs? Uh, that happens with pigs. It happens with horses a ton in Minnesota. People just stop feeding them. 
I feel um, like though there was something recently where there was like a barn of pigs found. I don't or, know. Or a pendant area. Of I pigs think it found. happens regularly with an- animals of varying kinds. <laughs> but yeah, people will just stop feeding them. And um, it's, yeah, it's very sad. But anyway, Sheldon um, needed to get looked at for parasites and, you know, all kinds of things to figure out if he was contagious or not. And, and he was very sick and he needed medicine. And so any, in any event, the deal was that he had to be separated. He had to be quarantined. And for mm. a baby flock animal, that is really hard. I mean, these animals are supposed to be all together, mm-hmm. you know, um, and a baby to be alone is really hard too. So they would spend as much time as they could with him, but, um, he would just bleat and bleat and bleat bah, 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 again and again. And it's like, I could not walk away from him. It was just so hard to walk away from him. So we ended up spending a lot of time with Sheldon. And, um, so, I mean, they are just, but he's okay now when he's with, Yes, he's okay, and he's with, you know, he's got, he hangs out with Lola and friends um, at the sanctuary. So he did, he did recover, and um, that's great. But I just have a particular, a particular soft spot for the sheep now, because, you know, I've met a couple of them and really quickly got attached to Sheldon anyway, and Brandon got attached to Lola so quickly. So, um, yeah, and I know, and as a knitter, too... That's mm. something that is a big deal. There's a lot of like fiber snobs out there. Um, it's true, you can't really felt anything that isn't you know sheep or alpaca or some kind of animal fiber. It sucks. But um, again, like if I never felt anything in my whole life, it won't be the end of the world, and that's okay. I don't understand this word you're saying felt. I know what felt like. I know what felt is, and I know oh felting. I know what it means. Basically, to have felt someone. So if you knit something out of an animal fiber and then you wash it like you agitate agitate it in warm water um it will come together it will get you know like more of a solid fabric as opposed to yarn having been knit and so you don't see the holes through it anymore it becomes more solid oh and if you wash it then it shrinks it's like if you put a wool sweater through the dryer washing yeah, machine and dryer and will shrink like, up really it's like small. for an infant suddenly yep it's for an infant and it's really really tight tightly tightly put yeah. together so you can't see you can't poke anything through it yeah. very easily anymore that's what felting is huh so sometimes people you know knitters will knit like a very very large purse and then they'll wash it and then they'll have a regular size purse or slippers or something <laughs> so um you know, and, and the other thing, too, it's kind of hard. It's harder to dye, you know, like apply color to um, man-made fibers and cotton doesn't hold it as, you know, it does hold it, but it's not quite the same. So anyway, knitters are very fanatical about their wool or their wool, whatever. Yeah, their their fibers, their fibers. Um, and so when I go in and I'm always trying to like, when people cook and they substitute, they make substitutions. It's kind of similar when I make a, when I knit a pattern, hmm. I want to find, you know, like what kind of yarn can I use that will sort of mimic this, you know, wool or Angora or silk or whatever. How long have we been friends? Uh, a couple years. Why haven't you ever knitted me anything? Is it because you don't love me? No, I do. Why love do you hate you. freedom? Why do I hate freedom? God. 
Melissa yes. Swanson knitted me something. I know she did. I'm going to go wear it right now. I Forget you, man. You're not going to knit me anything. I, I helped her decide what to knit you. Do you want to tell me about what these fabrics are? What these fibers are? So this one's bamboo, the really soft one, right? Yeah, oh, there's a ton of different alternatives. I want so everything knitting, in the world to be made out of this. What? This is so soft. I want everything in the world to be made out of this. <laughs> bamboo, I think. Bamboo. Elliot, what do you think? Oh, sweet. Do you want to wear it? No, I'm good. Um, but it's a scarf so, that's a cat. So the... <laughs> Does this look like a, like a fox fur or something? No. Is this, no. Is it reminiscent of that? Maybe vaguely. This makes good... Radio. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, if you're if you're a knitter, for example, and you want to find alternatives, um, there are actually a, several blogs online. You can look at like vegan knitting blogs. There's a lot of them. But anything, acrylic, you know, acrylic, acrylic blends, acrylic and cotton, acrylic and nylon, or rayon, or viscose, um, bamboo. They do um, bamboo. There's soy. There's also um, really. Yeah, soy silk is something, and it's made, it's yarn spun from... They make everything out of soy. I know. This is yarn spun from the, I don't know, excess or whatever, the discarded parts of the, whatever, when you make soy milk, the part that that doesn't end up... Yeah, the the, the pulp or something. They can spin it into yarn. It's really cool. The soy meat. Mm -hmm. There's banana... Yarn that's made from banana stuff and corn silk and all kinds of things. So neat. Um, yeah, it is pretty cool, and you can find stuff that's kind of fuzzy and neat. And the more people buy this stuff, the more that they'll figure out, you know, ways to invent it so that it gets better and better. Just like with food, I imagine. But um, so yeah, I mean, I just in terms of wool, what else is there to say about it? It's um don't do it. Just don't don't do it. It's oh, things that wool might be in that you wouldn't think. So I mean there's the obvious which is the sweater and the yarn and that kind of thing. But um it's often found in men's suits. Lots of times. Like mm-hmm. men's trousers and and jackets and stuff. Um what else? Hmm, sweaters is obvious. Um, trousers, coats, like yes, most coats, wool coats. Yeah, wool coats. Um, like a lot, of, a ton of those pea coat kinds of things are mm-hmm. wool. Um, rugs can be a real pain in the butt to find a rug that looks like a normal rug. And isn't. <laughs> if you have dogs, especially, oh my god, it's like finding a rug for our house is so difficult because it has to be something that. You know, if fur gets all over it, it's not going to show immediately. If somebody pukes on it, it has to be cleanable. It has to be something that the kitty won't claw all to pieces immediately. Um, Like the rug you have here, Ryan, um, would get eaten. It's too shaggy. Yeah. It's got too much stuff that could... If somebody's teeth could get around it and gnaw on it, that's that's not going to work either. So, yeah, finding a, a rug can sometimes be a challenge but is there anything else you can think of that wool is in i'm sure it's in all sorts of dumb things it has no business being in 
It always drives me crazy when it's just a tiny percentage of it too. And you know, it's not even, I have a pair of wool trousers. It, they're not even comfortable. <laughs> I know a lot of people are I mean, like find them really itchy. You can't wear wool without having a liner. I mean, you could wear you could wear a wool sweater, but like you'd need to have something underneath. It would be so itchy, and that's how my trousers are. They're lined. Yeah, you can't have you can't wear wool. Yeah, just on its own. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where some knitters would go and be like, "Oh, but merino wool, or you know, this whatever." Well, but um, but yeah. I mean, a lot of people are sensitive to it, and it's can be itchy and uncomfortable anyway. So. Mm-hmm. So let them keep their itchy, uncomfortable skin. Yeah. And you just do your own thing. And for you crafters out there who, you know, like felt um, to do stuff with felt, there's a lot of felt now that is actually made from recycled pop bottles or recycled bottles in general. So um, when you are, you know, don't just think that you can't, you you know, that felt is always going to be wool. Increasingly, it isn't. So it's synthetic wool instead. The, you know... I think that this will continue to be said forever and ever throughout the podcast, but the more we buy these products, the better they get and the more widely available they become. Mm-hmm. It's true. Consumer demand. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yep. All right. Okay. Are we on to our product review? Let's move on to it. Okay. Product review. Product review. We're going to do a product review. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? That's a good question. Ruffies. Max and Max Ruffies. And That's Ruffies. right. I remember. Ruff, okay, good, Ruffies. good. So, um, yeah, Max and Ruffies is a brand of vegan dog treats. Mm-hmm. They, it's an entirely vegan line. And I love them because they use all organic ingredients. They're premium quality ingredients. Um, they also put a lot of thought into the, I don't know, environmental impact of their packaging. So they use the whole soy-based inks thing. And even the stuff that looks like plastic in their packaging isn't. It's like a cellulose-based biodegradable material. Um I don't know if they use recycled cardboard in their packaging or not. What exactly, I'm pretty but, sure it is. I mean, it looks like it. It seems like that would be consistent with their ethic. Um, they actually... Um, so, can I read what this says? Because it's neat? Yeah, it's no. fine. Okay, so it says, Max and Ruffies is committed to delivering high-quality, healthy dog treats that are nutritious, organic, and cruelty-free. Our product offering... Include six irresistible flavors made with 100% certified organic human-grade ingredients. Well, we should just eat some. Should we eat them? We are proud to hand-bake each batch with only the finest ingredients purchased from businesses that most closely share our core values of compassion, respect, quality, simplicity, and social responsibility. Our ingredients and preparation process reflect our commitment to uncompromised quality and nutrition as does our assurance of what customers will never find in Max and Ruffy's. So their no list is no animal products, no additives, no artificial colors, no preservatives, no hormones, no out- outsourcing. And they're certified vegan. Um, and it says about their packaging, they chose packaging that's truly eco-friendly, 100% biodegradable, home compostable bag insert, uh, post-consumer waste recyclable box, and biodegradable paperboard box. Yep. 
So, should we try them? Did you eat one already? All right, let's do it. Let's I'm not eating one of those. Why? Um, I'm just not going to. But you're not going to eat a dog treat? No. Why? What's wrong with because you? my dogs eat them, and I know that they like them. So, what flavor is it? That's uh, molasses buckwheat, maybe. Yeah, buckwheat. All right. Buckwheat. Um, okay. Can you eat one with me, Elliot? Sure. It's just a little nugget. I know. What don't you like buckwheat, Dallas? What do you, why do you hate the twins? <laughs> All right. I hate just, I hate freedom. Ready, Elliot? Yep. On three? Yep. One, two, three. It's good. They probably don't taste like much. I want to have it in um, some vanilla soy or almond milk with uh, agave nectar. It tastes like cereal. It tastes just like grape nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well... My the thing that I love about these two, is Elliot the, and I just ate dog food. Yeah, <laughs> dog treats. Dog yes. treats. Yep. Barbara, the uh, I think my oldest friend. <laughs> I mean, like in age. I've we have not been friends for the longest out of all my friends, but I think she's the oldest of my friends. She always um, tries the dog treats before she had given them to her dog before she died. The the dog. Barbara's still alive. I was gonna say what? Barbara's still alive. But um, one thing that I really like about these treats, big time, is that they are super crunchy. And um, as you heard. And that's great because it's good for the dog's teeth mm-hmm. to crunch on those things. Especially because my dogs are vegan. They don't chew on bones or anything like that. So, um, oh, yeah. It's, and they, Nyla bones are those like pla- basically hard, hard, hard plastic bones or stuff. My guys just are not interested in them. They just will not do it. So um, they're not huge chewers. So it's really great to be able to give them something that they have to chew, a, you know, that's going to be kind of abrasive, you know, I don't know, not abrasive. Is that the right word? Uh, it's not the wrong word. It's not the best word. But it is going to... It's going to rub on their teeth a little. Yeah. So it's. I think that they're great, and um, Wait. they have a bunch of flavors, as as said. They what have are the flavors? Um, sweet potato and alfalfa, mother quinoa's pumpkin patch, five star blueberry. Mike boys love the blueberry. WP pizza. What does the WP stand for? I don't know. With parsley. Ha! I just made that up. I mean, no, it is with parsley, but I made up that that's what the WP stands for. I don't know. It could. Uh, Butternut squash and kelp, and molasses explosion. Nineteen nineteen. Yep, my That's boys what love the molasses explosion and the buckwheat too. I don't know what ours is. It's red, right? Yeah. That's a sweet potato and alfalfa. Okay. Sweet potato and alfalfa. So oh, and yes, yes. so that some of them are grain free, wheat free. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's they are great. I will say um, they can be a little pricey. But yeah. again, when you're paying for all of those values, that's that's what you pay for. You get what you pay for, right? Yeah. Was it you telling me, you were telling me a story earlier. No. I was talking to a friend earlier today um, about a shoe manufacturing company. They recently, like, stopped production, in, or they stopped selling in the U.S. because of the recession and tariffs and things like that. But... This guy came in and 
he's the people hand make the shoes and they hand make every single pair and they get a living wage and all that. And so the shoes are expensive. But if we lived in a world where we all supported those values and we paid more for things, but people made living wages, they would be spending money. I don't know. And it would cause higher profits and it would allow for us to make higher wages and it just would be a a better world. It would be. Yeah. So suck it up and pay for the values. Yeah. Your dogs deserve it. Yeah. Seriously, my boys loved those. They loved them. And I liked giving them to them because I was, I had that moment where it's like, oh, I can feel good about what my babies are eating. Yeah. I can feel good giving them these high quality treats. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, cool. It's time for the green challenge. Green challenge. Green challenge. There's no gloves. There's no swords. No white suits. Uh Uh-uh. It's just green challenge. You're just doing the earth a solid. So the green challenge, in keeping with the conversation about garments. Garments. Yes. Clothing. Um, I wanted to talk about dry cleaning. Yeah? Yeah. What about it? I feel like you might know more about this than me, but... um, So there are these places you may have noticed around your town that probably advertise that they are eco-friendly or green dry cleaners of some kind. And then if you have wondered why other places may not be eco-friendly dry cleaners. um, I have, in fact, wondered that. I did a little bit of poking around on the interwebs. I want to talk about one company in particular. Okay, go ahead. Say what you want. This This isn't really anything about them. I've never been there. I do home dry cleaning. But there's a place that I see around called Mulberry's. And it makes me angry because I want them to be a restaurant or a smoothie place. But they're not. Yeah. They're a dry cleaner. Yeah. And why do you have this cute little fruit and you have a fruit name and you're a dry cleaner? Because I want to go there and eat. Yeah. And that grinds my gears. <laughs> okay. Did you get that, Elliot? Yep. Okay. All right. So um, I guess the issue with traditional dry cleaning is a liquid solvent called PERC. And that's short for, bear with me while I try Percocet? to pronounce it. No. No. Oh. I was trying to pronounce this earlier. So perchlorethylene. Perchloroethylene. I don't know. Something like that. It's very long. I hate and it that sound, stuff. It sounds bad. It just sounds like it's a bad idea. Um, so... Even though dry cleaning has the term dry in it, it's not really dry at all. It, no. It, does, it, it just doesn't involve water. It uses, different, it uses chemicals instead. Uh-huh. So um, this perk stuff is what dissolves you know, gunk off of clothes. And it's something that you know, does a lot of work on its own. It doesn't, you don't need to agitate a whole bunch, apparently. Um, so, and dry cleaners have been using it for you know, half a century but basically, um, it's a problem because it is suspected or known, I don't know, just doesn't specify, to cause cancer um, and other serious health effects. Ah! <clears throat> so, you know, it, it 
if for people who live or like above dry cleaning places or around them um, or they, work in them or work in them yeah long-term exposure to these chemicals can be bad and um, so yeah and I was I presume that that kind of goes into I don't know it's I mean it, you just don't want to have that stuff on your skin and in around your body I guess mm-hmm. um, so yeah that's that's kind of the the deal, although the other thing too is um, sometimes if a place doesn't use this perk stuff, they use a different chemical that is bad as well. They can also say that they might be green. So, like, I mean, mm. it's kind of a new, like, green, huh, green washing, huh, yeah. huh, um, nice. <laughs> for this topic. Very but, nice. Yeah, you just want to be kind of careful about what what it actually is beware of any place that calls themselves organic um, because uh, places can use this in use this term in the strict like chemistry class setting meaning that um, the solvent is carbon based and as long as it's carbon based it would be organic but can just I because something's <clears throat> carbon based doesn't mean that it's good for the environment may I digress go ahead I was waiting for you to respond with, when do you not? Or something like, that's all you do. Or I was waiting for a zinger. But apparently you're not, you're not feeling feisty today. I don't know what you said. I asked if I could digress. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Go ahead. Um, I went to a green health, the expo thing somewhat recently. Not the Living Green Expo, but a different one. And, oh, my God, if I had a nickel for every time someone said something was natural. Oh, yeah. And were I not with my mother, just because I didn't have a ton of time to waste, I would have grilled everybody and said, what? I don't want to hear your spiel of what that means. What do you eat? What does that even mean? What do you mean it's natural? What the fuck does natural mean? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? <sighs> Tell me! Yeah. Well. But I didn't want to waste my mom's time arguing with a bunch of people. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things um, to think about in terms of this dry cleaning stuff is if you can get something just plain laundered and pressed instead of actually going through the dry cleaning process, opt for that. So that you're reducing, you know, your participation in this industry in general. Um and then, I don't know, that's that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Ryan just left. She totally ditched me. And did you? <laughs> I don't... And then there were two. And then there were two. So, yeah, she's got better things to do than hang out and do this radio show, apparently. I gotta go. See ya. All right. Well. So, yeah. Ought we do shout outs? Ought we? we? Ought, yes, we ought. Shout out! Shout out! Okay, do you want me to start? I would love it if you started. Cool. So um, our first shout out is to Sherilyn. And Sherilyn sent us a quick note just letting us know, um, while listening to this podcast, I had less than half of my last egg sandwich. Thank you, she says, which is really cool. And she sent us a link to her blog post about her last egg sandwich that I wanted to share. 
Um, so I'll just go through this quickly. This is from Sherilyn. Yesterday, I ate less than half of my last egg sandwich. It was scrambled egg with cheese on an everything bagel. I was driving westward from Philly and listening to a Midwest vegan radio podcast. Ah, the irony. Or not. I just couldn't stomach it. The experience reminded me of when I quit smoking for the last time. I stopped doing anything else and stopped my brain from thinking about anything else, and I just lived in the moment of smoking. How it tasted, how it smelled, and it was disgusting. The eggs, how they tasted, how they smelled, it was disgusting. I stopped eating land animal flesh altogether in January 2002, and even before then, I was cognizant of that rubbery consistency that meat often has. That spongy, connective, tissuey ickiness that had become absolutely unpalatable to me. Because when I stopped everything else and just lived in the experience, it was utterly and painfully obvious that I was eating an animal's body. And now, that's how I feel about eggs, too. Of course, I could try the Jillian Michaels thing and convince myself that if I just find humane egg cage-free eggs, it's okay and it's not so bad. But that's crap, and it's still coming from an animal's body. I just can't eat it anymore. Yay, Sherilyn! Love it. We are so glad that we could be part of that. It's pretty awesome. Yes. Thanks for sharing, seriously. So I want to... Um... Shout out again to Kara, and she sent us a follow-up email, and that was so awesome to hear from her. I'm not going to get into the email, but um, except to say that she got a funny response to her being vegan and that she was called a vegetable murderer, to which I say, plants have feelings, Dallas. Yeah. So gonna shout out to her let her know that um that we're thinking about her and we heart you and we hope you're doing well and uh shout out to shannon and dexter dexter her sweetheart puppy not dexter the serial killer serial killer (laughs) and not dexter's lab dexter yeah i don't know diddy not Dexter's Lab? Okay. No, I don't know about that. Elliot? Never seen it. What? Well, anyway, uh, Shannon sent us a story and some photos of Dexter, who is her hound, maybe hound mix um, dog she adopted, who had, she was told had a, he might have a touch of separation anxiety, but um, then really didn't know what that meant, and it turned out that this dog basically you know like tore windows and doors apart when he was left alone so they needed to they needed to take care of him um and they didn't give up on him and i just think you know they deserve a shout out for that Mm -hmm. and dexter deserves such a shout out for being such a brave boy and um you know developing his own confidence yeah so that's that's very very good and yeah i just i'm a sucker for any kind of hound at all so i just wanted to Talk about Dexter. So Um, I want to shout out, we, (laughs) so you may remember back when we product reviewed Amy's and we went on and on and on and on and on about all the different Amy's products and how much we love them. Well, the reason, and this is what happens when we don't record for a while. We'll get something that we're planning to review and then we forget about it and then we go to review it and we mess it up. So... 
our intention was to review Amy's got a new vegan margarita, 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 pizza, however you say that. And that's what we were intending initially to review. And Whole Foods didn't have the margarita pizzas, but at the time that we recorded, we forgot to even bring that up, that they had this new pizza. And they do, and we got it, and it's amazing. Yeah. I think that that is probably my new favorite Amy's product. I loved it. And it's kind of funny, because when you first opened the box, you were like, the toppings look really skimpy on this. Well, it do- I mean, it doesn't have... It's got Dea, and there's not a lot. There isn't a lot, but we just had it as is, and it was really good. Yeah, I didn't add anything to it, and didn't need it. So, But unfortunately... You know, we eat with our eyes and or we eat first with our eyes mm. and could have went a different way. But uh-huh. I loved it. It was so good. It was perfect. I don't think it needed any more cheese. And maybe mm-hmm. that's how margarita pizzas are. I don't know. I've never had one. I don't know either. Elliot. Yes. Your thoughts. Uh, very good. Probably the best vegan pizza I've ever had. What? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's killer endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you have thoughts on anything else? Do you have any more? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Boo. Okay. Well, I think we're out. We're done. We're out. Well, does Elliot have any shout-outs? Oh, I don't know. Elliot? I don't have any shout-outs, but I'm going to have another dog treat. <laughs> I'm going to have another dog treat. <laughs> All right. You are cut off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From dog treats? Okay. Save some for Talisker. <laughs> yeah. I'll see what I can do. All right. All right, till next time. Are we done? We're out. Bye. Bye. Bye.